Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Hello, I'm Lieutenant Megan Marpino, Appellate Government Counsel at OJAG Code 46. Today I'm hosting this discussion about the Career Intermission Program as part of the Standing Advisory Council on Inclusion and Diversity's Retention Working Group. Our hope today is to spread the word about the Career Intermission Program and how it worked for two individuals who used it over the past few years. So today I'll be speaking with Commander Abby Cerbella, who's the XO of RILSO Southeast, and Ellen One Chelsea Wilson, who's about to commission as a judge advocate after using the Career Intermission Program to earn her law degree. So thank you both very much for speaking with me today. No problem. Thank you for talking today. Absolutely. So, Commander Cervella, um, can you just tell who the listeners what is the Career Intermission Program and what can it be used for? Sure. Uh, the Career Intermission Program, um, also known as SIP, um, it it started um, as a pilot program over a decade ago, and it allows um, both sailors enlisted sailors and officers, um, an incredible opportunity to have some flexibility to, to take kind of a break from the Navy. Um, so it allows them to uh, pursue anything that they're interested in, um, both professionally or personally. Um, they can take some time off to go to school for um, something that they are interested in, but you know haven't been able to follow through on because of their Navy commitments um, or because of a family um, concern. Maybe someone has become ill in their family and they want to be able to spend more time with them. Um, for family planning purposes, um, it's been really helpful, I hear, for dual military um, families, uh, especially you know, to break up deployment schedules um, or just to spend more time with family or travel. Um, so the, the options are kind of um, very open for the program and how you can use it. And ma'am, how long can you use it for? So that's pretty flexible as well. Uh, you can choose anywhere from 12 to 36 months. It does have to be a minimum of 12 months um, because you are going into the IRR. Um, and so they require at least 12 months, but it can be anywhere um, up to 36 months, and there is a payback of two for one. So every month that you are on, if you do owe the Navy uh, two months when you come back on active duty. Okay. And Ellen Wynn Wilson, um, how did you first hear about the Career Intermission Program? So I had heard about it um, when it, I, I want to say back in 2012, 2013, um, and as a kind of a, um, a side, not a side, but a, a different step to get into um, the JAG Corps, possibly. Um, I was looking into the JAG Corps in-service procurement program at the time as well. And so that I had first heard about it then, um, but then I really got into looking into it um, in 2017, 2017, and that was when I really kind of dove into it and applied and decided to use it as um, a tool for me to, you know, further my career. Okay, so that brings, uh, that was bringing me to my next question. When did you use it and what did you do uh, while you were on the CIP? So myself, Ellen Wilson, um, I used it to go to law school. Um, I 
I off ramped uh, active duty in August of 2018. Started law school, I want to say probably about a week after, <laughs> um, and then you know did law school for the three years. Um, and I had pushed it out. I did the full 36 months, so that way I would also be able to study and um, pass the bar exam before coming back on active duty. So I, I didn't want to have the the bar exam piece kind of looming over me while I was trying to transition back onto active duty. I wanted to be able just to be done and over with that piece. Um, it worked out perfectly for me. So I did it from 2018 um, to August of 2001. Okay. And Commander Cervella, how did you hear about the program? I heard about it um, when it was first kind of getting started as a pilot program and thought that that was a really interesting idea to kind of be able to take a sabbatical, um, so to speak, from the Navy. Um, so I had always just been interested. Um, I think it started about a decade ago um, and had kind of, you know, continued to to hear about it um, and looked into it. I actually didn't um, take it until um, 2019 and I just came off of it last summer um, in 2021. So I did it for a little less than two years um, and I decided uh, to do it because I was kind of later in my career um, did I start my family. And so I had my first son um, when I was in 05 um, and just found that I was really hoping to spend more time with him um, when he was a little one. And so um, we we decided as a family that it was kind of the right time. And so I used it purely for, for personal reasons, um, to spend more time with my family. Um, fortunately, we had hoped to do some international travel, but um, much like everyone else, um, COVID changed our plans a little bit for that, uh, but it did really afford me an incredible time to um, spend time with my family. Okay. So, Eleanor Wilson, um, how did you express your interest in the career intermission program and go through the application process? What was that like? So, um, at the time I did it, it was a little, um, I guess, it was it ended up working out perfectly for me because I was actually I was stationed with Rosso Southeast here in Millington, um, but I was working over at uh, Navy Recruiting Command, and so but being here in Millington, I had um, I was able to reach out to people over here at Navy Personnel Command and um, you know Navy Recruiting Command, and then also you know just. Um, the JAG Corps as a whole within the Rosa Southeast, but also other LNs that I that I knew, and um, tried to figure out the best way to apply for it and things of that nature. So, I um, like I said, I had applied for the JAG Corps um, in-service procurement program, and I had ultimately. I get the best way to put it is aged out of that program um, because I had too many years of service in um, the final. The when I applied for FY. 19 or yeah, it would have been FY19. I think that would have been the last time that I could apply for it. And um, I was the alternate for that that particular year. And so after that decision came out, that was when I um, ultimately decided to use the career mission program to do, hopefully, and it, for me, it worked out the same thing that uh, the JAG IPP program would have done for me. Mm -hmm. 
And did you find, you, you know, you perhaps were luckily at, you know, in Millington and had, um, you know, already connections with, with the Rolso Southeast, but did you find that right. the information you needed to apply for the career intermission program was readily available to you? Yes, no, for sure. So, and in fact, I think it's even easier now than it was back, you know, like three and a half, four years ago to find out um, how to actually do it. The the instruction itself um, is on my Navy HR, and that instruction just, I mean, it walks you cradle to grave how to do everything you need to do. Um, and it was probably one of the easier programs to actually apply for, um, you know, to get everything that you need and explain what you're doing, why you're doing it, and actually get it through my chain of command and then over to um, Navy Personnel Command. It was, um, like I said, it, that was, it's probably one of the easier programs within not only the Navy, but I would think military-wide that is um, to apply for and just get that part of it done. So, and how long did it take you, Ellen? One from deciding and, and sending in the application for for the program to get accepted and ultimately, you know, be able to leave active duty for law school. Sure. So, I like I said, it kind of had been sort of percolating in the back of my mind for you know a couple years prior. Um, I was like I said, hoping to use the IPP program as opposed to CIP, um, but knowing where I wanted my career to go. It was something that was just, I always sort of had in my back pocket, I guess. Um, and so I put in my application, um, I want to say February, March of 2018. Um, and then I off-ramped in August. Now I did, I was very, very, very um, close to my PRD and all that, all those things. Um, I think I'm sort of an outlier as to how quickly it um, went through, but I was in constant communications with um, my detailer, the um, the placement coordinator, and those people, and everybody knew what my um, what my desires were and what my path was, like what I wanted to do, and so it wasn't something that I, you know, dropped on my command or my community just out of the blue. It was something that everybody knew that I was. Um, um, I was doing and that that was going to be another route that I could take in the event of, um, you know, the JAG IPP program not working out, so. Okay. And Commander Cerbella, um, what was your experience like applying for CIP and going through that process? I also, um, I applied in accordance with the instruction um, more than a year out from my PRD um, and I, I do agree that the instruction is pretty clear. Um, it was pretty easy to get the application together, and um, I was at PAC fleet at the time. I routed it up through my command, and, and they were very supportive. Um, it was, you know, I, I scheduled it so that it would be right at the end of my tour, um, so I wouldn't be leaving a gap at all, and I think that that was really helpful um, both for me to, to follow through with the end of my tour and then also for the command to be able to support that, um, knowing that someone would be naturally filling in behind me um, in the normal time. Uh, I don't remember exactly when 
I found out for sure that I was in, I, I feel like mine was a little bit longer of a process and I feel like I was working like right up to the last minute, even with things that um, had to fall in place. But I, I think that it was really helpful that they now have um, career and remission program managers uh, that you know can assist you. And so I was in a lot of communication with um, the officer at the time, uh, you know, trying to figure out how it worked and how best, um, you know, to to work things. I'd say the one difficulty about um, that is that because everybody is at different locations, um, you kind of are uh, you're working with the administrative um, and PSDs and and whatnot that may or may not have a lot of experience with it. So mm -hmm. some people may know a lot about it and it may go really, really smoothly. Um, whereas others, you may have to educate them a little bit on the program and, you know, bring the instruction with you to show them, you know, what needs to go in the orders and things like that. So it just takes sometimes a little more effort dependent on the knowledge base of the group that you're working with. Mm -hmm. And Ellen had mentioned the constant communication with um, her detailers. Did you also have to um, coordinate with the detailers about um, you know what would happen in the event you didn't didn't wind up doing the career intermission program? Yes, I think it's always essential to you know be locked in with the detailers. Um, I know that my package did go you know up the chain, both JAG and um, since I was at a operational uh, fleet command up both chains <clears throat> to get approval. And so I was in a lot of contact with the detailers. Um, so that definitely was helpful. And, and I would highly recommend that um, for people going through both before and while you're on the program, um, just, you know, really keeping those lines of communication with the detailing shop um, open. Right. So ma'am, before you started, the career intermission program, did you know anyone who had participated in it in the past? I did not personally, no. Um, I was really interested in the program. Um, I had heard that one other person in the JAG Corps had done it, but I um, did not know them. And so what I did was I just started um, you know, networking, ask, telling people that I was interested in it, um, talking to my mentors, um, both in the JAG Corps and in, you know, the Navy community at large. And thankfully, a lot of them um, knew people and were very kind to put me in touch with them. Um, so I did a lot of uh, cold calling or emailing to people and, and asking them about their experiences and kind of lessons learned. Um, I also did a, a lot of searching on social media, um, in particular like Facebook, you know, Navy female officer sites um, or Navy officer sites and kind of researching to see if other people um, had been involved and, and kind of making some contacts that way. And I felt that was really helpful um, talking to some people that have gone through it. Everybody's experience is, is obviously different. And it, it is really, I think, based on location um, and command somewhat. But it was really helpful to hear what they had gone through and kind of know whether my circumstances were, were similar or not. Um, it was really reassuring. So 
I would highly recommend anyone that's interested in doing it to, you know, continue to, to talk to people that are involved, reach out to um, myself or Ellen One um, mm-hmm. and to, to others in the Navy that, you know, they may have heard have done it and, and really find out about their experiences and, and, and tips on, you know, best, best practices. Mm-hmm. Ellen, when did you do something similar? Did you speak to anyone who had done the program before you? Uh, yes. In fact, I actually, um, I knew of another Ellen who had gone through the CIP um, program to actually attend law school um, and then came back on active duty. And um, and she had done it um, a couple years prior, I think when it was um a fairly new program. And then I had another Ellen um, here in Millington with me who she actually uh, started her, excuse me, her CIP um, a year before I did. So um, I, you know, reached out to both of them and then kind of the same thing, just looking um, as a commander where, you know, looking on social media, reaching out to um, my mentors, both officer and enlisted and just, um, you know, finding connecting with people who could help me along in the process, so. Mm-hmm. And um, so Ellen Wilson, when you made the decision to, you know, get off active duty, did you go to law school? Were you, did you have any concerns about uh, career-wise when you came back or what were your, what were your, did you have any fears about what would happen when you came back on active duty? Um. So not necessarily, I mean, my, my biggest concern is that obviously with CIP, it's not guaranteed that I would come back as a JAG, which was my ultimate goal. Um, you know, I had to apply for the JAG Corps um, through the student program, um, but at the same time, I knew that even if for whatever reason I wouldn't have been accepted as a JAG Corps, you know, as an LN1 with that that law school background and all of um, those things that I would still be able to use my my uh, my degree and all that stuff to better not only myself but also you know my peers and whatever office I would have been in at the time. Um, so that was one sort of fear I had is that you know I would be a a licensed attorney yet a an enlisted sailor and not be able you know to do what I had what my ultimate goal was, but luckily for me, I did um, apply, obviously, for the student, through the student program and was accepted, and then now I'm, you know, seeing the, um, my goals being reached and um, starting the next point, the next step in my career, so. That's fantastic. That's, I'm glad that that worked out. Um, Commander Cervello, what about you? Um, you know, it took two year, about two years off where you have, did you have any concerns about coming back on active duty? I did. Uh, I I definitely had a lot of people approach me um, when I was considering it, and you know, say, oh, maybe it's not the best idea. You know, you're an O5, you're you're senior. Um, it may not be the best thing for your career at this point. And I I really thought that through, and I knew that it was the right decision for me and my family. Um, so we wanted to to move forward. Um, and I also felt that, um, you know, the Navy was giving sailors and officers this incredible opportunity um, and that, you know, I didn't want to be afraid of what could happen, um, that, you know, I wanted to 
you know, move forward and hopefully prove the naysayers wrong. Um, I think that this Ag Corps has, you know, done a really great job of welcoming me back and, um, you know, showing that they believe in the program by um, allowing me this opportunity to be the XO of the largest real so. Um, so I, I've really been grateful for the support I've received and, and you know, really think that um, it's an incredible opportunity and, and should be um, considered as such. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the logistics of the program, um, during the during the time that a person's participating in the career intermission program, they're in the IRR and they're not uh, on active duty. I don't believe that there's an in-person muster requirement. So, uh, Ellen, one, can you talk a little bit about what it was like to be off active duty? What were the did you? I believe there are medical benefits. There's a small stipend. Can you talk a little bit about the logistics? Sure. So, um, yes. So there is no in-person muster. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. I um, every once a month, um, and I made sure I did it. You know, on the first or shortly thereafter, so that way I wouldn't forget about it. Um, but you know, you would send an email to the program manager and just sort of saying, um, "Hey, I'm good. My contact information is the same." Or if you had some, you know, difference, what like for me about. I want to say six to eight months in, I we moved from Millington into uh, Millington, Tennessee, into Cordova, Tennessee. So when my um, address changed, you know, I I um, sent the program manager an email even before I was supposed to muster, just saying, "Hey, I moved. This is my new address. Um, want to keep you up to date? You know, is there anything else I need to do?" And he, you know, he told me where to go and you know update certain um, programs just so my my contact information was up to date, so that um, that muster in the CIP is probably the easiest thing you'll probably ever do in the military. So that was not an issue. Um, and then you know, keeping my medical benefits for myself, and then I, you know, my spouse and my child was one of the biggest draws to the program. Instead of you know just completely removing myself from the Navy or even you know going into the reserves to do my what I wanted to do, um, I was able to keep um, like I said both myself and my spouse and my daughter on my um, on Tricare and it was you know straight just like I was on active duty we were able to go and you know any appointments anything we needed in that time was taken care of and I didn't have to worry about some big medical issue or anything like that coming up. Um, and then for me, I actually used my GI Bill, my post 9-11 GI Bill to pay for law school. And so on top of the, the small stipend that I got for from CIP, I was also getting the, um, the housing allowance that was attached to the post 9-11 GI Bill. So for me, it was, um, it, it was, it was an easy decision, um, kind of money-wise, you know, knowing everything was going to be taken care of in that aspect. So I didn't have to worry about, okay, how are we going to, you know, pay rent? How are we, you know, if, if some big medical thing were to happen, how is that going to happen? Like, how are we going to pay for that? So that was very much taken care of and I didn't have to worry about that. And I could just solely focus on law school and doing the best I could there. So. And um, Commander Cerbella, did you PCS while you were on the career intermission program? or did you stay where you where you had been? 
I ended up staying where I was. Um, I was lucky to have been at Pack Fleet um, at the tour before that, and my family and I really loved Hawaii, so um, we were more than grateful to uh, stay the additional two years in Hawaii and, and enjoy the, the beautiful islands. Mm -hmm. And what was it like, um, Commander Cerbella, for you to get back on active duty? What were the logistics involved and how did you navigate that? I w personally would say that the toughest part about SIP um, is just the administrative aspects of going onto it and coming off of it. Um, and I think, again, everybody's experience will, will likely differ a little bit, um, but there are a few hoops with having going from active duty to IRR and then, you know, reversing that process. So, you know, there's different ID cards and different pay systems. Um, so it, it definitely took a little extra time, um, you know, to do that. And I would say, you know, that um, people plan for that. You, you may not have access to everything, you know, the first month that you go from active duty to IRR and vice mm -hmm. versa. Uh, it took a little bit longer for me to get my ID. Um, both both times, it took almost a month. So, um, you know, just planning ahead for that, I think is really, you know, to, to people's benefit. Um, just, you know, considering that it will take some time. And then administratively, you are essentially, you know, like starting over again. So, um, you know, you have to get a new NMCI account. Um, you have to, you know, readjust for your security clearance. Um, you have to, you know, all the programs that you were just on, you have to get back on or into. Um, so it does take a little bit to get back into the system. Um, but I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, um, you know, for the world. I, I think the admin burden was definitely worth um, the time that I got to spend on sick. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ellen Wynn Wilson, do you think that using the career intermission program um, was allow, allowed you to make the decision to stay with the Navy? Do you think that it uh, supported, you know, your decision to, to stay in the Navy? Uh, a thousand percent. So I think that um, I don't know if I would have necessarily left active duty, even if the creator mission program, uh, well, I can't, it did, yes. So, um, but it also helped me sort of, not sort of, but it helped me, you know, transition from enlisted, which I love. I love being a legal man, but into the lawyer, the JAG portion of um, the uh, of the Navy, and that was what you know. I kind of had my eye on that since you know 2011 when I became a legal man. I was you know. And I got into a courtroom and was court reporting and watching these JAGs, you know, argue in front of the military judge and just seeing everything, you know, that was when I was like, ooh, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I don't want to be in the background. I want to be the one, you know, going out there and really doing this this job. And so um, the CIP definitely allowed me to have the best of both worlds where I was able to, you know, do legal men career for, you know, uh, 10 years and now I can, you know, go off and finish out my career 
as a JAG officer, which is, like I said, something that I've been eyeing and just working towards for so long. So it was really just full circle, and it just um, it's a program that I don't think gets used a lot because I don't think a lot of people necessarily know about it, but it's one of those programs that um, it just, you can do anything with it. And for me, it was, you know, career progression, but, you know, for, you know, Commander, like she said, it was, you know, being with her family and doing things with her family without having to worry about going, you know, and doing that military job and, um, you know, being involved in that. She could solely focus on her family. Um, and I've seen, plenty of uh, applications come through PERS in the OOJ office where I'm at right now, and people are doing it for all sorts of reasons. You know, it could be for family, it could be for school, and it could just be somebody wants a break and they just need some time off and, you know, they don't they don't want to leave the military fully. They want to, you know, be able to come back and do the things they're doing, but they just need some time and they just need to just take a breath. And so that's what um, I think the CIP can do. It's just such a a malleable program and you can just make it your own um, in whatever you want to do and, you know, just or set yourself up for success for later on in life too. So I just, I think it's a great program that is underutilized. And Commander Cerbella, would you recommend the career integration program and, and did it impact your decision to stay in the Navy for longer? Absolutely on both fronts. I, completely recommend it. Um, I think anyone who is interested should look into it and and really consider it. Um, I agree with Ellen one that I think it is um, underutilized because it's maybe not as well known as um, some of the other programs. I stated that, you know, I was kind of um, more senior in my career before I took it. Um, However, I, I think that it really did help me to continue on my path uh, because I always knew that it was out there and I had been considering it um, for the last decade. Um, I really, you know, always had it in the back of my mind that, um, you know, I had hoped to be able to spend more time if I was able to have a child and I knew that this option was out there. Um, so it really allowed me to focus on my um, JAG career and know though that this was an opportunity um, when the time was right and I did you know utilize it at that time um, so I, I do just highly recommend it um, and you know do as Ellen one mentioned you know you can use it for so many different reasons so I do you know just ask that people consider it for you know whatever reason they might have and you know, and then again, just um, talk to others who have done it um, so that you can get the full picture and, and decide if it's the right thing for you. Well, thank you. Um, so either Ellen One, uh, Wilson, or Commander Sturbell, is there anything else that we haven't touched on today that you think it's important for people to know about the Career Intermission Program? So for me, the, for Ellen One, I think that just, um, making sure that you have a plan um, of what, like, excuse me, it's not one of those programs that you can just sort of like jump into and be, you know, and say, great, this is what I'm going to do for, you know, a year or three years. Um, definitely, you know, take a look at, you know, big picture what you want to do as um, a sailor, as a person, as, you know, a family member, however you want to use the program, but really 
you know, plan out how you're going to use it um, for your, like, for you to take the best advantage of it. I've, I've heard some horror stories where, you know, people maybe are wanting to use it for uh, college degrees, but they haven't applied to a college yet. And so maybe they get waitlisted or not accepted or their program doesn't start until six months into their career or mission program. And so now they're not able to finish out that program um, before they're supposed to be coming back onto active duty. And so I think just really taking the time to plan out how you're going to use it, when you're going to use it, um, and um, just the logistics piece of it will make it that much better for um, you personally. So, like I said, I had planned it so that I knew, like I, I was already accepted into law school. I knew when that was starting. I knew when the bar exam was. And so I had all my, I guess, ducks in a row so that when I off-ramped, I knew exactly what needed to be done for the next three years um, and, you know, kept that schedule and kept that um, that part of it flowing right. So that would be my my one big piece of advice, I think, is just, you know, actually planning it out and just mapping out how you're going to use it um, and how you'll come back on to active duty and just those things. So, because I think people kind of get, um, kind of forget that it is a program that you do have to come back on to active duty with. So, um, while, you know, two, three years off active duty is nice and you might be able to kind of let your hair down a little bit. Um, at some point you will be coming back on to active duty and just remembering, you know, the um, the uniform, you know, you have to put your uniform back on, you have to be within standards and things like that. And it just makes it easier to transition back on to active duty if you kind of always have that in the back of your mind. Like I might be out technically of active duty Navy life, but, you know, let me keep up my, my fitness piece. Let me keep up my knowledge piece, things like that. So. That's a great point. Uh, Ma'am, did you have anything else that you uh, you thought of? I, I would say something similar um, and not just, uh, you know, planning during the time frame, and a, but also really ahead. So, um, you know, as far out as you can think, you know, for those that maybe aren't using the GI Bill, um, you know, it is a huge pay cut. So thinking, you know, how can I save money or can I exist on the budget that we currently have? Um, you know, would we need to PCS to move closer to family or, or be in a lower cost of living? Um, and then also looking at, uh, you know, TSP. Do I need to adjust my TSP to take full um, part of my benefits? You know, how best to use my leave? Would it be better for me to sell it back or hold on to it? And then how it would affect your career. Um, sometimes the timing of that is is really essential too. So I'd recommend you know that they look at their fit reps and where they'd fall out with regards to boards and how it might affect their career. Um, you know, a little bit of the timing may make a difference. So you know, looking at that and considering those avenues, and again, just reaching out to others that have done it to to kind of get those lessons learned. Great. Well, thank you both very much for chatting today about the Career Intermission Program. Hopefully we've spread the word about this great opportunity and people will consider if it's the right thing for them. So thank you both very much. You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in.